Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today on this Friday, October 20th for our Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation Prayer Around God's Word. Today we pick up where we left off yesterday in the account of uh, Balaam and Balak and his ass and uh, the way the angel appeared and uh, only only the donkey could see it. And then, um, of, of course, again, eventually the angel did uh, reveal himself to Balaam, and Balaam is sent uh, to speak to the king, but only the word that the Lord gives him to speak. All right, and that's where we left off, and we'll pick up there today. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. In prayer, Psalm for the week, Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. At your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield, the Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly, O Lord of hosts. Blessed is the one who trusts in you. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, let's say our memory verse for the week. Yeah, we'll say it again tomorrow, right? The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Psalm 19, verse 1. Our catechism for the week is the first article of the Apostles' Creed. We say it together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. What does this mean? I believe that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason, and all my senses, and still takes care of them. He also gives me clothing and shoes, food and drink, house and home, wife and children, land, animals, and all I have. He richly and daily provides me with all that I need to support this body and life. He defends me against all danger and guards and protects me from all evil. All this he does only out of fatherly, divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in me. For all this, it is my duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. This is most certainly true.
right? Everything we have, our body and life, um, is from the Lord. Even a protection of that body and life comes from the Lord. And why? Not because we uh, merit or have earned it, but it is rather a free gift to us by his grace, fatherly divine goodness and mercy. All right, grace is God's disposition towards us, right? He is gracious towards us is how it's understood. It's not a substance so much as it is um, God's disposition, his attitude um, towards us, fatherly divine goodness and mercy. All right. Our first reading today is from Galatians chapter 1, picking up where we left off yesterday. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, he to reveal his son to me in me, excuse me, in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now concerning the things which I write to you, indeed, before God, I do not lie. Afterward, I went to the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was unknown by the face of the churches of Judea that were in Christ. But they were hearing only he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy, and they glorify God in me. All right, so a little repetition. Um, I guess I was only going to do through verse 10 yesterday, but I did all the way through 24. But here we uh, repeat that again. Um, You'll see, actually, just a little heads up, that this first part, um, that the gospel was preached to me not according to man. I did not receive it from man, nor was taught it, but received it through revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, it's it's external to us, or in the Latin, the extra nos, extra nos, comes outside of us. Um, So it cannot be derived at by our own reason or strength, the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, nor can we actually believe it. Um, It's contrary to reason. Um, It only can be received by faith. Or as he says, it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb, called me through his grace, his gracious disposition toward me, to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Right. So Paul's office, uh, he admits, did not come by um, human estimation. He was as faithful in the ways of um, his father's as any, right? But it had to be revealed to him as a free gift of God. Uh, of course, the Son is the free gift of God. All right. Uh, before we read Numbers chapter 24, which is where we're going to jump in, I'm just going to do a little summary for you of what comes right before that. Um, so, because we didn't read it, we're not going to read it today in the interest of time. Um, so, uh, remember, Balaam went to Balak. At the now at the angel's behest, initially the angel deterred him, and now the angel allows him to go, but with that instruction, right? Um, what did he say? Go with the men, but only the word that I speak to you, that you shall speak. So Balaam went to the, with the princes of Balak to to Balak the king, all right? And then it was on the next day that uh, Balak took Balaam and brought him up to the high place of Baal, and there um, they might observe the extent of the people. And then Balaam said to Balak, build seven altars. And then Balaam said to Balak, stand with your burnt offering. 
And then, um, verse 5 of chapter 23, if you've got a Bible, you can look this up. The Lord put a word into Balaam's, in Balaam's mouth and said, Return to Balak, and thus you shall speak. So he returned, he took up an oracle and said, all right, um, and then he's got a few oracles here, or um, prophetic sermons, if you like, for, for Balak. Balak, king of Moab, has brought me from Aram, from the mountains of the east. Come, curse Jacob for me, and come, denounce Israel. How shall I curse whom God has not cursed, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Right. So there's the first oracle to which Balak was uh, mad because Balaam actually ends up cursing <laughs> Balak. <laughs> you must, must I not take heed to speak what the Lord has put in my mouth? Balaam says. All right. So then Balak asks for him to to try again. Right. Um, they go to an, back up to the offering to the altars and off make offerings to the Lord. And the Lord put a word in his mouth and said, go back to Balak and hear say this. Rise up, Balak, and hear. Listen to me, son of Zippor. God is not a man and he sh- that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. All right? Um, and then uh, here we have a prophetic word of Jesus. Look, a people rises like a lioness and lifts up itself like a lion. That's the hearkening back to Judah, right? And the promise given by Jacob to Judah. It shall not lie down until it devours its prey and drinks the blood of the slain. Again, Balak is mad. You're not going to bless me at all. You're not going to curse or bless. I have to say what the Lord gives me to say, says uh, Balaam, in effect. Then um, chapter 24, the beginning of the chapter is his third oracle. All right, taking him to another place where we overlook the wasteland. Here again, they build seven altars with seven bulls and seven rams. Um, And then when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not go as other times to seek to use sorcery, but he set his face toward the wilderness. Balaam raised his eyes and saw Israel encamped according to their tribes, and the Spirit of God came upon him. So that's unique here, not just a word put in his mouth um, as kind of an unbelieving guy from Aram, but now as a true prophet from God. He took up the oracle and said, the utterance of Balaam, the son of Beor. Um, so we have all the these promises of uh, of God being made to be brought out. And again, with the lion lying down, uh, or the lion being roused, I should say. And then at the end of that oracle, verse 9, blessed is he who blesses you and cursed is he who curses you. Right, so now, finally, Balaam actually corrects um, Balak's, Balak's assertion that... Um, if you remember that back in chapter 22, remember what uh, Balak wanted uh, Balaam to do? He said, For I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. Well, that's not exactly what God said to Abraham, is it? I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Here, um, Balak has it a little bit backwards, but by the end of the third oracle or prophecy, Balaam gets it right. Blessed is he who blesses you, and cursed is he who curses you. Genesis 12 and Genesis 27. All right, that's where we leave off. Um, so there's a total of four oracles. Balaam well, refuses to curse Israel, instead only blesses Israel, um, to which Balak continuously is angry. And uh, But again, Balaam emphasizes through those first three, and we're going to look at the fourth here in a second, that he can only say what the Lord has given him to say. Right, And this is, again, a model of not only the prophetic ministry, of the Old Testament, but the apostolic ministry of Christ's church. You can only say what the Lord has given us to say, no more, no less. All right, so picking up there, uh, the fourth oracle. Chapter 24, verse 10. Then Balak's anger was aroused against Balaam, and he struck his hands together. 
I guess that's a king thing. And Balak said to Balaam, I called you to curse my enemies, and look, you have bountifully blessed them these three times. Now therefore flee to your place. I said I would greatly honor you, but in fact, the Lord has kept you back from honor. So Balaam said to Balak, did I not also speak to your messengers whom you sent to me saying, if Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord to do good or bad of my own will. What the Lord says that I must speak. And now indeed I am going to my people. Come, I will advise you what this people will do to your people in the latter days. So he took up his oracle and said, the utterance of Balaam, the son of Beor, the utterance of the man whose eyes are opened. The utterance of him who hears the words of God and has the knowledge of the Most High, who sees the vision of the Almighty, who falls down with eyes wide open. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and batter the brow of Moab and destroy all the sons of Tumult. Then Edom shall be a possession, Seir also his enemy shall be a possession, while Israel does valiantly. Out of Jacob one shall have dominion and destroy the remains of the city. Then he looked on Amalek and took up his oracle and said, Amalek was first among the nations, but shall be last until he perishes. Then he looked on the Canaanites, or Kenites, and he took up his oracle and said, Firm is your dwelling place, and your nest is, the, is set in the rock. Nevertheless, Cain shall be burned. How long shall until Ashur carries you away captive? Then he took up his oracle and said, Alas, who shall live when God does this? But ships shall come from the coasts of Cyprus, and they shall afflict Ashur and afflict Eber, and so shall Amalek until he perishes. So Balaam rose and departed and returned to his place. Balak also went his way. Okay. So uh, Balak was quite angry because uh, <laughs> Balaam had blessed Israel those three times, right? Uh, and again, what does Balaam say in uh, verse 13? What the Lord says, that I must speak, right? So now that we have the fourth oracle, um, and this is an important oracle uh, because it's quoted in the New Testament. <laughs> that probably sounded familiar to you. I hope so. Matthew 2. Um, by the way, four oracles is a significant number. Four is uh, often a sign of the gospel, but also the gospel going out to the four corners of the earth, the four, to the ends of the earth, right? So it is a number of the gospel and of the world, which, uh, well, are together. Um, here you hear the epiphany reading, don't you? Oh, morning star, how fair and bright, right? You shine with God's own truth and light. Yeah. So we have uh, a star shall come out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel, right? Yeah. So the appearance of the star at Jesus' birth. For example, now after Jesus, Matthew 2, was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod of the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. All right? Um, this is, uh, well, the theory is that these Babylonian uh, kings, or wise men if you prefer, magi, had um, had the book of Numbers, the scroll of Numbers, a copy of it, uh, from when the people were taken into exile. And they had interpreted this text uh, rightly, actually. Interesting idea, right? Um, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Um, yeah, so then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from, what, from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go search carefully for the child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that we may come and worship him also. 
The star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over the young, where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child uh, with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Right? So again, the Epiphany reading, uh, January 6th, the visit of the Magi. Right, right here foretold. And of course, uh, we also have uh, foretold then of the star, Jesus, that he comes destroying and overthrowing um, all the enemies of faith. Right here, uh, prototypically shown as Edom, Seir, Amalek, uh, Kenites, Cain, Ashur. Right? God come, or his son, God's son comes, and uh, as the other prophets say, his bloods were, his, excuse me, his garments are soaked in blood, right, as he destroys the enemies of faith all those who oppose him and his gospel. Hmm. All right, and then at the end now, Balaam finally goes back home without a blessing from the king, but actually having been blessed by the Lord, right? Yeah, and Balak went back to his place as well. All right, so the Lord is faithful to his promise to Abraham that he will bless those who bless him and curse those who curse him. Even Balaam must confess that the word of the Lord stands forever. Balaam could not see the angel of the Lord because he could not hear God's word and hold fast to it. That lowly donkey reminds us of the church that is called to follow Christ and his word blindly. We are to fix our eyes upon Jesus, the incarnate angel of the Lord, and disregard those false prophets who would try to drive us away from the narrow path that leads to Christ. Through the Holy Spirit's preaching of the gospel, we see Christ even though we are not physic- he is not physically present among us. Behold the star that who shines forth from the altar in his body and blood to offer us forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. In him the forehead of Satan is crushed, and the skull of our enemy death lies shattered. Okay. All right. Um, Triune God, be thou our stay is our hymn for the week. Uh, let me share a little bit about the hymn with you. Hold on. Okay. This is from the uh, excellent volume here, reference volume, Companion to the Hymns, Volume 1, Lutheran Service Book. All right. And uh, it was a gift to me from my mother a few years ago now, I think, or maybe a year ago. This Reformation hymn was first published in 1524. In 1525, another hymnal gave it the heading, The Hymn of Praise, God the Father, Stay With Us, Improved with Christian Correction. (laughs) Improved. It is not at all clear that Luther was responsible for this heading. It is likely that the publisher was familiar with a popular pre-existing hymn and thus could recognize the corrections, quote-unquote, that Luther had made. The earlier popular hymn uh, dated back to pre-Reformation times. It would have been sung on pilgrimages or processions, with the first phrase addressed to St. Peter or Holy Mary. Other saints and prophets might have substituted been substituted as the hymn was repeated, including the angel Archangel, Saints Christopher and Nicholas, etc. The hymn could be made as long as the progression required. Some versions were used as a litany for all saints or sung on Rogation Day, that's uh, days of prayer and fasting during Advent and Lent. Here is a version from Halberstadt, dating from around 1500, addressed to Mary. All right, you ready? Holy Mary, stay with us and do not let us perish. Free us from all sins, and if we should die, defend us from the devil. Help us, chaste Virgin Mary, to join the lovely angel host. So so we will sing, Alleluia, Alleluia, we shall sing, in praise of the Almighty God. Grant to us, Lord, as our reward, the heavenly crown. Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy. All praise to you, Mary. Uh, I could read it to you in uh, German if you prefer, but that's okay. Martin Luther, author of the present-day version, was obviously revising a widely known hymn to reflect Reformation teaching. 
Lines 1 through 5 in Luther's German are virtually identical with the earlier hymn, except with the replacement of Mary in line 1 with God the Father. Lines 6 through 12 are new, while the Amen of line 13 together with 14 concludes the hymn of praise substituting for the Kyrie eleison in the model quoted above. Of course, we use that in Lent. Even the replacement of Mary with God the Father in the hymn's opening line may predate Luther. In the 1525 hymnal quoted above, the heading, The Hymn of Praise, God the Father, Stay With Us, Improved with Christian Correction, suggests that the hymn had previously been known as God the Father, Stay With Us, before Luther quote-unquote corrected it, as does the fact that all 16th century Catholic printings of the hymn, even in sources not otherwise influenced by Luther, used the Trinitarian address to open the hymn stanzas. It may be that any pre-Reformation manuscripts containing the Trinitarian formula simply have not survived. The LSB translation somewhat alters the version published by Richard Massey in Martin Luther's Spiritual Songs um, and stays closer to Luther's original. Hmm. Um, oh, something on the tune. This you'll find interesting. Martin Luther apparently took the melody directly from earlier sources. It moves easily in a stepwise or triadic motion. There is a steady, sturdy sense to such singing that is consistent with the tune's earlier use in processions. Now it serves us well in the continuing pilgrimage of Christian life under God's protection, what one commentator called the rhythm of feet. Hmm, interesting. That's uh, George Rao. Isn't that interesting? So it's like we're, like we're walking. It's a walking song. All right. We could sing it as a procession maybe someday. Did we sing it? I can't remember. I think we did, didn't we? <laughs> now I lost track. Well, that's our hymn for the triune God, be thou our stay, O let us not perish never. Cleanse us from our sins, we pray, and grant us life forever. Keep us from the evil one, uphold our faith most holy, and let us trust thee solely with humble hearts and lowly. Let us put God's armor on with all true Christians running, our heavenly race in shunning, the devil's wiles and cunning. Amen, amen, this be done, so sing we alleluia. I don't think we sang, but that's good. All right. Let's continue with prayer. Almighty and merciful God of your bountiful goodness, keep us from all things that may hurt us, that we, being ready in both body and soul, may cheerfully accomplish whatever you would have us do. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, your word gives life and has created and sustained all things. We thank you for the sun, the moon, and the stars which give light to the earth and order our days and seasons. We give thanks to you for the expanse of the sky, for the water that sustains all life, and for the dry land upon which we live. We give thanks to you for the plants and animals of your creation. You have given all of this to us for our good and for our enjoyment. We give thanks to you that you have created us in your image, male and female, to be fruitful and multiply and to have dominion over the creation. We thank you for ordering our lives and giving us rest and refreshment through your word. But most of all, we thank you for redeeming us and all creation from sin and death through the gift of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Help us to trust in you as our Creator and to believe in your Son for eternal life and salvation. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray today for the preaching of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for it spread throughout the whole world, for the persecuted and for the sick and dying. We also pray today in Thanksgiving with Olivia, celebrating her birthday with the households of our church, especially Marion, Jodine, Roger and Sherry, Marlene, Jeffrey, and Len. Continue to give thanks to God for the gift of healing, for Marcy. Pray for all our catechumens, especially Wyatt, James, Aaliyah, Cole, Lydia, Charlie, Kaylee, and Kimberly. We pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment, or recovering, especially Allison, Joe, 
Dennis, Christopher, Sophie, Brad, Ron, and Doug, Donna, Joan, Sandy, and Wendell, Darlene, and District President Willie. Pray for our homebound, Marcy, Marion, Dan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially that of Orphan Grain Train. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That's our congregation of prayer for today, Friday, October 20th, 2023. It's so good to have you here. Thanks for checking in on the chat. I see you. I didn't name you by name. That's fine. Um, Those of you watching or listening later in the day, greetings to you as well, or whatever day in the far distant future that that you're watching this um, as you suffer under your robotic overlords. Um, So it is. No, I'm just joking. Of course, the Lord is king and he will reign and rule forever. Um, No robots. All right, with that, I bid you fond farewell. We'll see you in the morning uh, as we'll prepare for Sunday's uh, readings with the, the Old Testament and Epistle. So check that out tomorrow morning. See you then. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.